Bring it to me here. Bring it to me. We'll get these tires off. All right, I can't see. I'm so happy I don't even know. It's leaking. It's smoking. It was on fire. Damn it. Drive the car, man. I'm getting tired of that. Drive that car. All right. Welcome back. Week two, 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin. Try and do it right this week. Said last week, thanks for watching. Uh, this isn't a podcast that you watch, so obviously you listen to it. So try and get a lot of awkwardness out of um, the way this week. But coming back from Michigan and mid-Ohio weekend, obviously all that took place on the weekend. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to move this more towards the week, only to accommodate for late breaking stories that may happen, because obviously. Um, for the most part, I guess they don't really do it anymore, but Tech usually finished on Tuesday and we'd hear results from there. Uh, we heard nothing today, so most of the Tech does gets done, I believe, at the track anyways to determine the winner. So, um, so we'll start with the Truck Series. Uh, I'm not going to try and lie to you and tell you that I absolutely watched it. I definitely didn't. I was definitely sleeping um, while this was going on and uh, definitely took full advantage of my weekend but anyways uh news to me they decided the championship or they uh this was the final race of the regular season i should say um and now we have r8 running for the championship uh on the top at the moment is the defending champion brett moffitt uh with 2022 points grant and finger bit of a uh, challenging name there not really but I just have trouble talking sometimes, you know? Uh, anyways, Grant F Enfinger won the regular season championship. That gains him 15 bonus playoff points, I believe. At least that's how they do it in the Cup Series. I'm sure that's how they do it. They've brought that formula over from Cup, so I'm sure it's the same deal. But anyways, he gets 15 um, bonus playoff points. So he's in second with 2,019 points. Stuart Friesen in third, got the win at Eldora. He is in third with 2,014 points. Austin Hill, the uh, man who took over the championship defending team, uh, is in fourth with 2,012 points, tied with Ross Chastain with 2,012. And good news for Ross today. He lands a sponsor for the entirety of the playoffs, which is good. That's been a driver who's really struggled. Uh, the sponsorship that went away ended his Xfinity run, which is now apparently he's making another, not really resurgence in Xfinity, but he's definitely showing that he belongs there in that um, 10 car. Uh, anyways, Car Shield will sign on for all seven of the um, playoff races for that 45 truck. So, uh, definitely he's one of the strongest, if not the favorite, I'd say for this title along with Brett Moffitt. Other than those two, I don't really, I can't really tell you who else I could put in that championship for, but we'll go along the lines here. Matt Crafton, one point behind him in sixth and, uh, Matt with a pretty good comment, um, this week, uh, Quote, in racing where I come from, you have to put a whole season together to win a championship. You don't have to win one race and flounder around all year to make it to Homestead. You can do that now. 
Um, I'll comment more on that a little bit later. Anyways, he's sixth. Johnny Sauter in seventh with 2,009 points. And Tyler Ankrum in the 17 in eighth, uh, 2,005 points. Note the lack of any Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks in that. That's, um, you know, I'd like to say that's surprising. But with the lineup they have now, I can't say that it is too surprising. Um, those two guys have really kind of showed and I could be mistaken but I don't think Harrison turned 18 until earlier this year so he had been you know it's been a while since he's been able to well not recently but he had to wait to get in that truck I believe and Todd they just haven't really shown it this year and it's not a huge surprise that they didn't make it um both those guys have to really improve and obviously improve and uh, show what they're made of or else they're not going to be in that KBM truck for too much longer. Kyle's already told them that they have to get better and uh, both of them missed the playoffs. So I'm sure both of those guys are none too pleased along with the boss man. So uh, I'm sure that was an interesting Monday meeting, but um, you know, it's, going to be interesting you have young Haley Deegan who's moving up the ranks not yet obviously but um she just got signed for a Canaan East race to Bristol for uh David Gill and racing Crosley whatever they are <laughs> um so she's gonna be racing at Bristol um I have a feeling that she's gonna make her way up very soon and probably is going to replace one of those two drivers at KBM. I don't imagine they... Well, I guess they might be able to make a third truck with if Monster stays with her in terms of sponsorship. But um, I, I don't see how those two guys can stay in that truck for too much longer. I say Kyle may give them another year at most, I would say, to try and develop, try and get wins. Um, and really just try and get get better results, I guess. Make a run for the 2020 playoffs. I mean, that's really all you can do at this point. You're out of it this year. You might as well just try and swing for the fences these final f- seven races. You got really nothing else to lose. You're not going for a championship. So just see what these guys can do, I guess, in these final seven and maybe try and work on a playoff push for 2020. That's obviously what you're going to have to do. And if it doesn't work out from there, there's no way those guys stay. I will say that right now. I There's no way, not with the developing talent that JGR has at the moment. Another quote that we'll come to later in the show from David Wilson, the president of TRD. It was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, those are the eight running for the championship. Um, I, I don't think I can give you a... My final four, I guess. Um, Brett Moffat, obviously. Ross Chastain, obviously. Stuart Friesen, I, I guess, maybe put in there. And I don't really know who my fourth is. I'm not going to say Matt Crafton. I guess maybe it either would have to be Austin Hill or Grant Enfinger. Um, and I might just put Grant in there with his consistency that he's had. So, um Keep in mind, he, well, he, yeah, he got into the playoffs. Obviously, the um, regular season 
championship was a huge help there. Um, but he also didn't have a win this season, so um, he has a lot of consistency on his side right now. So um, I think that would have to be my final four. Brett Moffitt, Grant Enfinger, Stuart Friesen, and Ross Chastain. So with that, I'm uh, going to go over to the Xfinity garage. Um, 22 car in victory lane once again back-to-back -back road course races and uh, showing his muscle once again um, and obviously there were a few guys that you don't usually see in the field there uh, at mid-ohio will rogers name one uh jacks hawks hawkworth hawksworth there we go um, who I believe is an IndyCar driver. I'm probably wrong about that. But he started second um, in the 18 and came home 15th. Let some laps. So, you know, overall, I would say an okay day. Led five laps. Um, showed strength. Um, and I can't remember what exactly um, happened to him at the end. I think he had some sort of mistake. Um and that caused him to finish pretty poorly. But, over, I mean, he won the second stage. You can call it a fluke if you want. I don't, I wouldn't call it that. Um, put himself in the right position. Um, and ultimately it was a caution with, I believe it was the seven who spun out um, to end that second stage. So, um, you know, also Regan Smith in the field finished 21st. So strong showing from him. Um, I say that with a little bit of sarcasm. Obviously he has a win at Mid-Ohio. Uh, he had got caught up with, I believe it was the 68 and, uh, kind of ruined the end of his day. Some other names that I believe were in the field. Well, I guess not too many other weird names. AJ Allmendinger, excuse me, was in the field, finished third. And, uh, surprisingly, I guess, uh, that car did not get DNQ or DNF'd, not DNF'd, what? disqualified I guess I was trying to conjure up some sort of thing for that um he finishes third he'll keep his third position uh that car finally doesn't get disqualified Austin Cindric of course wins the race back-to-back -back wins last week his first win and uh he said that this was the biggest race of his life to win uh mainly because his um his mother I believe her side of the family had owned mid-Ohio at one point and uh yeah, so that was basically like winning the Indianapolis 500 to him. So that that's pretty cool. Christopher Bell comes home second, part of that big three. Tyler Reddick in fourth. No Gregson rounds out your top five. And uh, obviously Tyler Reddick, the other third of that top or that big three. Cole Custer, the other one, comes home in eighth. Um, and Justin Allgaier. After that spin in turn two, comes home in sixth. Chase Briscoe, seventh. Cole Custer, eighth. Justin Haley, ninth. And Brandon Jones in tenth. And uh, I actually didn't <laughs> mention the finishing results of the truck race. I was more focused on the points. Austin Hill won that race. Uh, Sheldon Creed came home in second. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, wasn't too much to talk about in that truck race except for that restart that uh, ended up in a pretty big wad. That was uh, pretty interesting to see on the re on the uh, highlights. So um, I guess that's trucks for you. There was a, there were a few guys that should have been in or should still be in Arca that kind of brought it up and uh, kind of caused that one.
Um, I digress on that one. I'm not going to go too much farther into that, but, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it for Mid-Ohio. There wasn't too much that happened there. Um, and it was the final restart. He, Austin Cindric just kind of ran away with it at that point. So, um, moving on to Cup. Some of the, uh, I, there was a tweet that happened in practice that kind of dictated how I was going to feel about that race. Um, and it was Matt DiBenedetto's tweet pulling that up right now. Uh, quote, first practice complete at Michigan, held it wide open every lap. We don't get to drive with our feet this weekend. Track position will be important. And uh, then someone else asked um, Josh, the bassist, what about um, what about when it gets long into runs? And he responded with, there's not really much tire fall off, so it's still nearly wide open, but you battle dirty air in track position. And that was kind of proven when the first stage... Truex stayed out, or not stayed out, excuse me. He took no tires on his pit stop, just took fuel, and won the stage. I won't say handedly, because he had some competition from Denny Hamlin, but once I saw that, I kind of realized how easy you will, if you will, those cars were to drive that race. Obviously, there were a lot of cars that weren't handling to uh, a lot of drivers' expectations, Eric Jones being one of them. I, it felt like every time I looked at the TV, he that NBC was showing a clip of him really struggling with the handling of that car, which uh, kind of surprised me. But you know, dirty air, obviously, a loose handling race car will do it to you. Um, I'm not gonna. Well, never mind. I'm not gonna go there. But um, he tried it again, by the way, in stage two. Almost worked out for him, but Kyle took uh, the stage two win there and I mean after that you you really didn't hear anything from about Kyle in that race except for that stage two win um I wasn't really listening to his radio but I was listening to um the all scan he would occasionally pop in and I'd hear some complaints from him but uh other than that um you just really didn't hear anything from him and I guess for some that's good um but yeah um Obviously, the end ended up being somewhat fuel strategy based, and kind of weirdly, I believe two out of the three Penske cars were a good 10 laps short on fuel. I believe Ryan Blaney just, they showed a clip of um, the fueler just not being able to get any fuel in that car, so um, I have no idea what happened there, but I believe Brad was in the same boat, whether they didn't get it filled up or if it just... um, their numbers were way off, but both of those cars had to pit. Joey Logano had to pit with three laps to go, so Penske not on their game with fuel mileage. Um, and I'm not going to blame one person for that, their crew chiefs or whatever. Um, obviously, in Blaney's fault or Blaney's part, that's not the Chiefs' fault at all. But either way, they did get a Ford to victory lane with Harvick winning. And obviously, if you didn't see the. Uh, post-race on that that was uh, quite a show um he backed it up again with first of all that he yeah he backed up his michigan win second michigan win um so he won 2018 second michigan race and won on sunday and kind of continued the tradition of putting keelan in the car and um getting uh this time i pretty i believe he got a burnout i don't think he got a burnout last time but uh got it 
this time and uh, took the flag and got the interviews. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say weird's probably the weird or the wrong word for this, but um, I guess it's kind of cool in a way that, you know, if you've been watching NASCAR long enough, I would say since 2011, you know, well, I guess 2012, I believe. Yeah. Is when Keelan was born. And, uh, you know, if you've watched it ever since, or if you've watched it since then, you've kind of grown up with Keelan. And uh, you've known him from a small toddler to now a pretty good fixture in the garage and uh, on social media, on TV, and just kind of cool. Again, I, I kept using the word weird before. It's not really weird. It's just, um, I guess, cool in a way. Um, you know, I went from a point where he couldn't really talk. He was really shy to now, uh, not afraid to get in front of a camera. So, um, I'm sure we'll be seeing him on the track not too long from now. So, uh, he's got a go-kart, I know. So it's, it's not going to be too long before he gets on into a uh, stock car. I'm sure obviously seven is way too young for that, but, um, he's already headed in the right steps and, his dad knows pretty well how all that's going to work. So um, we'll get into the results from Michigan. Obviously, Kevin Harvick, the win there. Denny Hamlin, another strong finish, comes home in second. Boy, what the what a resurgence he's had with his career. And uh, for good reason, probably. Again, we'll get into that later. But another second place running, obviously showing that he's going to be a good contender for this championship. Kyle Larson... I will say a pretty quiet third-place finish he got in Michigan. Um, he had been racing in the Knoxville Nationals. Well, it tried to get in um, prior to this weekend or this week to Michigan. Um, ended up not making that show. So uh, Martin Trix Jr. comes home fourth. Uh, his 500 start this week. Um, obviously, we mentioned his gambles that he tried in stage one and two. Uh and I, I, I really can't believe, again, that paid off. That really just kind of, it, again, it showed me how easy that was going to be or how easy that car, he, people were surprised when, um, you know, he had to start at the back for unapproved adjustments or something like that. Um, and I saw a lot of tweets on Twitter about how surprised they were that he was just making his way through his field. It's like, well, one, for one, he's in really good equipment. For two, it's not that hard when all you have to do is work a draft and you can make it all the way back up there. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it's really not that hard as people make it out to be anymore. And it's all because of the package. Um, I'm, I'm going to harp on this so many more times this season that I'm going to try and not do it as often as I'm doing it now. But it, this package at these tracks, especially, you know, I'll say this, and again, I'm not trying to make iRacing sound like it's the real thing, but in iRacing, I raced this not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, actually, and we were nose to tail. You couldn't you couldn't get away from anybody. Now, or I won't say, not now, that's the wrong word, but in the cup race, you'd expect it to be the same thing, but no, people were off from each other. There were pretty good gaps in between the field there, and uh, whether that's you know, performance-based or whatever it is. Um, they they put that package in place, I'm sure, to try and get 
those type of pack racing races and it just has not played out for him at least it was not a domination show and I'm not slamming Joey when I say this but he had it locked last time they were at Michigan and uh, yeah thank god it didn't go to five o'clock in the afternoon western time uh, let alone eight o'clock on the east coast but um, this week but um, I won't say that race was really dominated by one person, I guess. If you want to say it was dominated by Penske, you could because Joey led 52 of those laps. He came home 17th, by the way. So I won't. I was about to say that team's on a slump, but I just remembered that he uh, uh, had to come down for fuel. If you want to talk about a team on a slump, by by the way, you can put Jimmy Johnson in that category. Not all of his own doing. This week of his own doing. We'll get back to that in a minute. But Brad, I led the most laps this week at 66. Wanted so badly, I know, to get that home track win. Couldn't get it done this week. Um, still many more opportunities for Brad. But uh, he was another one of those people who had to come down pit road. But he had already been... It was already a tough going for him. Obviously led a good portion of the first stage, um, but then got the flat tire, um, I believe in stage two, it was either stage two or three, um, but that kind of sealed his fate there, um, but he led 66, Joey led 52, Martin led 43, Harvick led 22, Hamlin led eight, almost won that stage one, and Kyle Busch led three, other than that, nobody else led any, um, and, yeah, so Kyle comes home 6th, Ryan Preece 7th, a pretty quiet 7th as well. I saw that at the end. I'm like, that's really impressive. William Byron in 8th, Chase Elliott ninth, and Alex Bowman in 10th. Another quiet, good position. Ty Dillon comes home in 11th. Haven't heard a lot about Ty. Um, won the stage of Bristol, I know. Um, but haven't heard a lot from him since, and good to see him get an 11th place finish. So, Speaking, but yeah, we'll go back to Jimmy Johnson this week. Obviously, put himself in the wall early, could not recover at all, and kind of not of his own doing there as well. They had some issues with that, and then, um, well, the, I mean, the complications from hitting the wall, and then, um, after that, they still couldn't get it fixed, so had to come down again. Ultimately lost seven laps. Could never recover from that, by the way. So they finished seven laps down in 34th. Somehow, Clint Boyer, well, I guess not really surprisingly, Clint was supposed to have an amazing day. He was supposed to have a huge buffer on Jimmy Johnson. He finishes worse than Jimmy with an accident, um, I believe in stage two. Again, either two or three. And uh, ultimately... Actually, I guess, no, it was in stage three based on how many laps he ran. Um, he started fifth, by the way, and ultimately came home 37th, one position away from dead last. That position was filled by Spencer Boyd. Um, but, man, I mean, a, a, a week that was supposed to be an amazing points day just did not work out for Clint there. Jimmy comes home 34th. Um, again, seven, I guess... Actually, eight laps down in the end of it. But, um, <laughs> man, Jimmy, what can you say? Um, you know, his 
he we've seen that he's been on a slow decline. I will say ever since ever since his 2013 championship um 2014 wasn't the greatest. 2015 maybe should have gotten farther. Um but he had the issue at Dover which completely took him out of it. Um, 2016, I will definitely say that was a fluke championship because just like his Xfinity counterpart, Carl Edwards had that race locked. It was, he had, he was dominating. He was the man to beat and ultimately, well, we all know what happened. Blocked on the restart with about 10 to go, um, with Joey Logano and took him out. And then, um, uh, went off the face of the map after that. Don't still don't know what he's doing. I was told that he was running for mayor in um, some town in Missouri, I think. Um, and I I don't know. I haven't been following that too heavily. But um, 2017, obviously, um, it was the first year that he did not. Actually, no. I'm sorry. 2017. Um, no, I believe it was the first year he did not get a win. Um, was winless. Or no, that was 2018. I don't remember where he... No, he got Texas in 2017. Um, and actually got himself into the wall at Phoenix. That's right. Which ultimately ended his championship run there. Um, 2018 um, was just a, a... You could say a horrendous year, I guess. Almost put himself in position at the Roval. Obviously, we all know what happened there. Um... But yeah, 2018 was the first year that he did not get a win. 2019 could be the first year that we see him not make the playoffs. Ever since the incarnation of the Chase playoffs, whatever you want to call it, he's been in the show. And this could actually be the first year that we don't see him in it. Obviously, we have quite a bit of racing left to go. Um, I'll get an exact number here. Uh, I guess... Um, playoffs end at Indy. Yep. So he has actually one, two, three races left, and I'm pretty sure he is 19 points out of it. If I'm correct, I'm gonna, I'm taking a look now. Jimmy is well. Actually, that doesn't tell me how many he is out of. He he he's about he's about 19 out of it. Clint Boyer holds the final playoff spot. Um, in 16th, Daniel Suarez is ahead of Jimmy in 17th. Jimmy is in 18th. So he has some work to do. Um, I, I, you know, he, he's already had a crew chief swap. So we know that things aren't too hunky dory over at the 48 camp. Um, obviously we know the change with Chad, which I kind of solidified the fact to me that he 2020 is probably going to be his last year. The move to Chad was a no brainer or the new move to William Byron with Chad was a no brainer. Um, get a crew chief that knows quite a bit, six championships under his seven championships, excuse me, under his belt. Um, obviously stick that with a kid that kind of, well, I'm not going to say kind of knows nothing, but is was kind of thrust into this role. 
Um, probably a good recipe for success with how much success he's already had, him being William Byron. So um, that, that was a no-brainer. And again, that kind of shows me that he, ha he has a contract signed from to 2020. Lowe's already left. I'm sure Ally is probably going to sign for one more year and then get out of Dodge. So Jimmy's probably done by 2020. The scary part to me, though, about if Jimmy is done by 2020 is who they're going to fill that seat because they had, I guess, if you want to say Tyler Reddick tapped for that seat. Um, but I won't even say tapped because it was kind of a weird situation with Tyler. <laughs> he had uh, won the Daytona race. Didn't hear anything from him up until Homestead, which he won, by the way. Or he won the championship. So, uh, we, I, I guess that was going to be their next man until he left to go to um, Rich, or, yeah, Richard Childress. So, now you're left with Mike Lynette, which is a, a big no. Because, first of all, sponsor, he, he's basically just a sponsored driver. He's there only because of the sponsorship. Him and Justin Allgaier, those are, in my opinion... Two big no's on who's going to fill that 48 spot. Um, Noah Gregson, I I just don't know. Personally, I don't uh, I don't think that's going to work. Um, but the thing they cannot do is thrust someone too quickly into that spot who's not ready. They've already done it with William, which William's kind of come into that role. He won the championship, so I feel like another year in Xfinity could have done him well, but... Obviously, he he only spent a year, by the way, in trucks and Xfinity. So, which is kind of interesting. Kind of, um, I mean, if you win a championship in both, which he didn't do in trucks, but he should have won that championship. I think that's something we can all agree on. He should have won it. He had the engine failure at home or at Phoenix, which took him out of it. So he ended up winning the Homestead race anyway. So you know. If he didn't lose, or if he didn't blow the engine at Phoenix, it would have happened anyways. So, um, he he was, I guess, ready. Um, other than that, it seems like they might be getting a few other guys ready over there. Zane Smith has had a few runs. I don't know if he's the answer. Obviously not. Now he's not. Um, but uh, yeah, you have Zane. You have. I mean, not too many other people who have filled that eight-car spot with any real success, I guess. Um, you had Regan Smith. I can't even tell you, actually, who else was in that car other than Zane Smith. Not too many other notables. But um, it's probably going to be a tricky situation for Hendrick Motorsport. Unless they can get somebody else... Like a Christopher Bell, which, by the way, yeah, speaking of that, um, he was on Trading Paints yesterday, being Monday. So, um, reading off a post from r slash reddit from the user up in the marbles, um, he was on Trading Paint yesterday, uh, him being David Wilson, uh, the president of TRD. Basically saying, expect an announcement before the end of the month. I'm pretty sure, meaning an announcement on Christopher Bell. Um, 
there were a few points that up in the Marvels made. Um, he he tried to convince himself that it's a good problem to have too many young talents, um, which I guess, but you risk the problem of them possibly going elsewhere, which William did, which Noah did, and obviously William was probably the bigger loss. Um, Noah, I don't see as big of a loss, mainly because he hasn't, again, shown too much stuff. Um, definitely not the amount that um, William has. Um, but I, I feel... I, th my scenario is that if um, Ganassi loses Kurt, which I don't think they will, by the way, seeing as... Um, Kurt, as well as Kurt's running, is, it seems like him and Chip are pretty good friends. Um, but my thought was always, if they lose, or if they drop Kurt, I, I feel like they might try and go for Christopher, only because of the connection there with Larson. Um, that was always my thought, but seeing that now, and seeing as there were talks, and there were only talks, there were little rumors that never amounted to anything. Um of Kyle going somewhere else. And again, they never amounted to anything, but I feel like Chip and Kyle are pretty good um, in terms of a connection. But um, you just have to think, because Christopher's obviously ready. He's shown it, um, and I feel now that um, Cole Custer is probably ready. Tyler Reddick may be ready, and I've already heard talks that he's going to take the 31 car. Um, he filled it a few times this year. So, um, that big three, I don't know if you want to say that all of them are ready, but there's definitely a few that are showing that th they're ready for cup. And Christopher's already said it, I think a few times. Well, hasn't directly said it, but he, he's kind of without the word said that he's ready for cup. So whether he stays with JGR or not, and uh, David already said this, by the way. He knows that he's going to lose a few, quote, diamonds um, to the competition, but they're hoping that they keep the biggest ones, and you cannot lose Christopher Bell if you're TRD. That's your biggest <laughs> your biggest um, diamond right now, and that's probably a good term, diamond. Um, I think we all thought Eric Jones was going to be their huge diamond. That obviously hasn't really turned out to what they thought it was going to be. Um, to be fair, he does have a win which was at Daytona, so you can call that as you will. Almost won Bristol in 2017, so that was kind of cool. Um, he's come up a few times, but, uh, I mean, I'm not going to call him a flop by any means because he still has a, hu a long career to go, but um, you have to kind of think about where he's going to go, whether um, they do the... Furniture Row strategy again, where they stick Christopher over at Levine Family Racing, which I don't even know if they can do, honestly. Mainly because I don't know if it's the same deal that they have over there that they had with Furniture Row. I don't think it is. So, I think it's just an affiliation, not a full-on, like, sister team, which I don't think Furniture Row ever said they were, like, officially, but that's basically what they were. Um, so... Really makes you think where he's going to go. Um, just kind of reading a few more notes from TRD. Um, David Wilson 
Um, he says that they believe they're helping the sport as a whole, which is pretty true. Helping them develop these guys and um, really, Roush and JGR have been the biggest development teams in NASCAR these past few years. Hendrick really hasn't done a whole lot. They've just kind of stolen guys, if you will. They did it with William. Um, I guess you can say they've done it with Noah. But Joe Gibbs has really worked these guys through the ranks. And Roush did too until um, their Xfinity stuff just kind of fell apart. And um, obviously we know where some of those guys are now um, with um, Briscoe and um, Cindric. Um, looks like there was another Ryan Reed, but he's nowhere to be seen now. So, um, which to be fair, the, the talent got their rides. So, um, after that all folded, uh, Ganassi, I think, was supposed to fill that role as well, and um, obviously that's. Uh, folded because of weird sponsors doing probably illegal things but um I guess that role has kind of been well you know not really thrusted which is the word I was going to use but another person who's kind or another team that's kind of done the same thing that I don't think they've gotten the credit for is Penske they've um well technically they stole Brad from Hendrick um so they were that's really been Hendrick's one diamond, I guess, that I don't know if you want to call a diamond because it was only until he got to Penske when he really flourished. But they worked Brad up. They worked um, Ryan Blaney up. And Ryan was a collaboration with Brad Kozlowski Racing. But that's basically Penske. So, um, And now that it looks like they're working Cindric up. So... Um, I don't know if they have too many other guys in their pipeline, um, but the guys they are working now obviously have rides, so not too much to worry about there. But that really makes me excited for this announcement because there's no seats to fill over at JGR. Kyle's not going anywhere. Martin's not going anywhere. Eric might be in question. They ditched Suarez for... Um, uh, Martin, so maybe they'll ditch Eric for Christopher. I don't think they'll do that, mainly because they worked so hard on developing Eric. Um, but Hamlin, I don't think you can move him either with how he's really taking himself out of irrelevancy. Um, <laughs> and I've always said it's almost like he's racing for something, almost like he's racing for a ride, which I feel like he, he, he knew he was in that situation, so... Um, now he's back, um, and a good championship favorite, arguably, so, um, it could be interesting to see where he ends up, and, um, well, obviously he, he's secured at JGR, at least in Cup, so, um, I'm not Cup, sorry, Xfinity, so we'll see what happens there, again, we're promised an announcement for the end of the month, so we'll see what happens, and keeping with the uh, JGR stable, I guess, um, Jeffrey Earnhardt and IK9 had parted ways. Um, I initially thought that it was IK9 just having the same flop as DC Solar and uh, 
you know, some of the other sponsors, but apparently IK9 is still with Haley Deegan, so, um, still with JGR, apparently, um, and apparently, from what IK9 said, they canceled, or excuse me, Jeffrey canceled his contract with them, which makes no sense at all, but considering they're still with JGR, there is a smidgen of, um, truth to that, I guess, but, I don't know, that's a weird situation over there, um, and, uh, you know, Jeffrey kind of showed a little bit of promise at Daytona, but Daytona is Daytona, so, um, haven't really seen much out of Jeffrey since then, I, I, I think, no, other than that, I don't know what else you can do with Jeffrey, but, um, I think Jeffrey's definitely out of the, uh, JGR stable at this point, now that he doesn't have a sponsor, I don't know where else he goes, I don't know if he stays with JGR, to be quite honest with you, but, um, yeah, so, another, other few notes, uh, or if you didn't hear, Jimmy and Blaney got together on Sunday, or Saturday, I believe, um, with a few beers, so they talked it out, Kyle's comments, absolutely hilarious, by the way, if you didn't see the Bob Pockers interview, um, Kyle literally just came out and said, I didn't do shit, Bob. So those were his exact words. Um, that was absolutely hilarious for me to hear. Um, and, uh, some people were saying that Kyle was starting to go back to his 2008, 2009, 2010 days. I didn't see that, but, um, uh, obviously had a few tense moments at Watkins Glen, didn't hear anything from him at Michigan, so I guess all is well in terms of the Kyle camp. Um, I don't know if he and William talked it out. I don't know if he and Bubba talked it out. But um, either way, didn't hear anything about that. So I guess that's good in a way. But, yeah. Other notes. Uh, Chris Osborne was the spotter for Daniel Hemrick. I don't know what happened to his original spotter, but... It was something of note that I saw and wanted to take down and um, kind of really big notes. Austin Dillon and Daniel Hemrick uh, both had their qualifying times this lad due to fully functioning alternators, whatever that means. We know that since, you know, the lack of horsepower, every team's trying to get as much of an advantage as they can, get as much power out of the car as they can. So I guess that was their idea. I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not a mechanic by any sort of stretch of the imagination, but um, that's that's the only thing I can pull from that is that they were trying to get more speed out of it by doing that, and it resulted in an L1 penalty, which is a loss of 10 to 40 points. Haven't heard anything about that yet. So, um, you know, it's Tuesday on a, or it's a 7 a 7 p.m. on a Tuesday afternoon evening, I guess on at on the west coast so um i don't know what has come of that um i'm sure we'll hear something later in the week but that was kind of an interesting note um and uh, something i didn't really expect to hear but um yeah so other than that um another thing of note again on r slash reddit so a, a user by nfolks1996 had posted a thread on there about drivers who have come, who uh, came back 
come back into form. Um, I don't really know how to word this, and I don't really know why. But um, basically, they, they came back from irrelevancy, I think is the best word to use for that. Denny is the best case for that right now, obviously, with his three wins. Um, and this is as of um, last week at Watkins Glen. 11 top fives, 14 top tens after a winless 2018 is career first. Joey Logano was his noted 2018, obviously with a championship, but I'm, I don't know if you call that a fluke. That was kind of more just a resurgence at the end there. Um, a few other ones that I kind of don't really agree with, but Casey Kane was kind of a note. He got it in 2017. He had his win at the Brickyard, um, and kind of a few other guys to go down the list. But it, it it's really impressive to see that at a Hamlin, I guess. Um, ever since, I don't really know. I, I think I said this last week, but since 2010, we hadn't really heard anything from him. You, you saw a few wins, but just never really anything that was quite put together I feel as well as this 2019 season has been put together um he won Daytona and then he won Texas I'm like wow that's kind of weird but it's cool and then he won uh Pocono and he just put together this incredible string ever since really NBC took over and I'm just like wow this is a potentially a championship winning team if he can keep it all the way to Homestead we know We've seen a few times where drivers will just kind of fall off. Brad did it um, where he won Darlington, Indianapolis, and Las Vegas and then just fell off the map. So, you know, it, it could happen, but I like to think that Hamlin is going to be a serious contender for this championship. Before we go, I'm going to take one more look at the points, and I realized that last week um, I looked at the points before they were updated, so oops. Uh, but Kyle Busch on top of the regular season standings, 20 points over Joey Logano, uh, 70 points over Kevin Harvick. So that kind of shows that it's still kind of a two man race at the top there with only three races remaining. Hamlin in fourth, 77 points back. Truex in fifth. That's your top five. Truex 87 points back in Brad sixth, Chase Elliott in seventh, Kurt Busch eighth, Ryan Blaney ninth, Alex Bowman in 10th. So I think really. It's just a two-horse race for that regular season title. So, um, races remaining. Going to be kind of interesting to see. Obviously, we have Bristol this week. It's going to be, that should be so much fun. Bristol always is, um, both for Xfinity and for Cup. So, after that, we have Darlington. Got a few more throwbacks this week that were announced. So, you have Darlington and then Indianapolis. And that's it. So, um, I just think next year we get to have Daytona as the final race in the regular season. So just, just, just imagine how much fun that's going to be. Um, but yeah, so three more races left, uh, for the cup side. going to take a quick look at the Xfinity series side. Um, I think it's probably about the same. Actually... Yeah, so they have Bristol, then they have they go to Road America, Darlington, and then Indianapolis. And then Las Vegas decides their is their final regular season race. So they have five more races to go. So uh we're setting up for 
a pretty interesting run to the regular season finish here. Got Bristol. Anybody? It's anybody's guess there. Darlington should be interesting. Um, by the way, this package should be absolutely insane at Darlington. Uh, full throttle through one and two. Possibly through three and four. We'll have to see on that. Indianapolis, I'm really interested to see as well. But, um, yeah. Two completely, or three completely different tracks to finish off this regular season. Can't wait. Um, should be really interesting to see how this all plays out. So, uh, next time I see you, or hear from you, I guess, next time you hear from me, um, will be Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Um, possibly Wednesday. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out this whole scheduling thing. I'm shooting for a Tuesday evening. Um, you can listen to it on your way into work on Wednesday. Whatever works for you. But um, that's going to wrap it up here for this Michigan week end, I guess, um, on a Tuesday. But, um, yeah, next time I I talk to you, we'll be uh, talking about hoping some good racing at Bristol. So that's going to wrap it up for the 500-mile podcast on this Tuesday evening. My name is Justin. Thank you for listening. And we hope to hear from you, talk to you next time uh, from Bristol, after Bristol. I'm going to, this is really awkward. I haven't finished or I haven't worked on <laughs> endings yet. So bear with me. Still trying to work that out. I'm going to end this now and uh, see you next week. Hear from you next week. Talk to you next week. There you go. All right. See you. <laughs>